This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be a perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you are interested in running your own business, text Five Star, that's F I V E S T A R, to 87000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your business with five-star painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With five-star painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal professional goals. And you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR, F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R, to 87 Zero 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 to learn more about how a five-star painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than doing it alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to Crossover Wednesdays. I'm James Yarko, one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by Tony Serino of Locked On Steelers. Tony, how you doing? Very good, James. How are you? I am uh, a little concerned, but we'll get into Uh that momentarily. (laughs) All right. All right. You can find everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and make sure you're following Tony at Steeler Country. So, Tony, we have a real, almost kind of real football game that we are going to be talking about. Uh, the first preseason game, it's the Buccaneers and the Steelers. Of course, we all remember that epic Monday night football game from last year where Ryan Fitzmagic almost pulled off quite the comeback but that actually helped the Steelers kind of get some momentum and and get going because they were off to a rough start whereas the Bucs were off to a hot start but it's a brand new season you know the the Buccaneers have a brand new coaching staff the Steelers no Lev Bell no Antonio Brown so why don't you go ahead for for the Bucs listeners get us a little caught up on what's gone on in training camp what is the post Brown Bell life like in Pittsburgh Oh, it's just calm. It's great. It's sunshine and rainbows. No drama, no contract <laughs> drama, no where's Antonio Brown? Will he show up? None of that anymore. It's it's all fantastic out here in Latrobe. Uh, no, but I mean, that that is kind of the, the feeling here in Pittsburgh 
is just it, it's nice to be back to football. It's nice to be talking about football, to be worrying about how this team is going to do on the field and not worrying so much about who's going to be there and whether or not this player is happy or that player is happy and all of that. Um, and that's really been the storyline so far throughout camp. You know, the big thing here is can Juju Smith-Schuster fill the role that that was Antonio Brown, that number one receiver? Uh, you know, clearly AB's got got big shoes to fill, right? Fifteen touchdowns a year ago. Can Juju be that guy? Of course, Juju put up his own stellar numbers in 2018, but he's going to be up against double coverage. And really, we won't know until the regular season whether or not that's going to come to fruition. But early receipts from training camp are very good. Juju looks like a player who's taken it to the next level. Um, he's made some spectacular catches. Him and Ben, of course, are on the same page. And you know, and then beyond that, at the wide receiver position, it's it's you know who's going to be that number two guy. And there's so many names, right? There's there's Dante Moncrief, who's uh, the, the cast off from the Colts and the Jaguars, and him and Ben seem to be on the same page early in camp. Although Moncrief has been dealing with a finger injury, James Washington was a, a second round pick from a year ago, really disappointed in his rookie year. You know, he's looked better at camp, and then they've got a rookie in uh, Deontay Johnson, who, yeah, I think that the, we'll, we'll see how that goes. He's a very good route runner, but um, a little small at the position, and we'll see. You know, usually rookies, other than Juju Smith-Schuster, don't do well uh, at the wide receiver position. Now, on the other side, you know, on the, the, the defensive side, there's so much excitement about this defense because of the fact that this team was able to go up and get Devin Bush. And, you know, I, again, the, the early look at camp is very positive from Devin Bush. He's got his hands on the ball a couple times. Um, this is a guy who the Steelers really are, are trying to build around here because the middle of this defense was so soft a year ago and him and new addition, Mark Barron seem to be filling that there, uh, as far as the middle of the field in the, the sub package football. So, you know, all signs good here in Pittsburgh and, and all signs are quiet in Pittsburgh, which I think is, is the, uh, is the best news so far. <laughs> yeah. And as a card carrying member of the Cincinnati Bengals hate club, <laughs> uh, kudos to the Steelers for jumping the Bengals in the draft to take the guy that they wanted because yeah. I loved every moment of that. I guess we can call Friday's game the Devin Bowl because obviously the Bucks took Devin White. You guys got Devin Bush. But before we move on to the Bucks, just a couple of quick little follows. What is the outlook of of James Conner? Is is there still that excitement that he can replicate what he did last season while he was healthy? Do do Steelers fans, media kind of think that there's going to be a little bit of regression, maybe because of the absence of Antonio Brown? And and if if Juju isn't able to really fill out the role the way Antonio Brown did and one of my favorite players on on the Steelers. You know, when it comes to fantasy football, I'm a big fan of doing the Vance dance. And of course, Vance McDonald yeah. is going to be an incredible weapon. Uh, how's how has he looked so far? Yeah, I mean, for James Conner, you know, this was a guy who came in and replaced Le'Veon Bell pretty well last year. Um, you know, he was out, especially at the beginning of the year, played very well. He had a six game stretch there. Where I think he ran for 100 yards, four games in a row. The problem for him has been health, and it happened to him his rookie year, and then it happened to him again last year, an ankle injury that he suffered. He missed, I think, three or four games last year, and then, you know, just never came back full strength from the ankle injury. And so the question for Connor in 2019 is, what is going to be his workload? Are the Steelers going to go more running back by committee? They have a guy in, in Jalen Samuels, who I think they, they like a lot, and they're going to want to use him in kind of two running back sets, use him as more of an, an X factor, line him out wide a little bit like NC State did. Um, and, and then they have Benny Snell, the, the fourth, uh, fourth round pick from Kentucky, who's played very well throughout training camp so far. And, uh, it'd be interesting to see how many reps he gets. So 
you know, this, this is a team that likes to go with a feature back. They did that with Le'Veon Bell. They did that all, going all the way back to, to Mike Tomlin's first season. He had Willie Parker. Um, you know, he said, I'm going to run Willie till the wheels fall off. And you know, Willie broke his leg that year. So, I mean, that, but that's been Mike Tomlin's MO is to go with a feature back and, and run him till he can't go. And I think that's probably going to be the case for Connor this year, although it's probably smarter for this team to distribute those carries and keep Connor fresh throughout the year. And then, and then for Vance McDonald, look, this is a guy, I, I, McDonald's one of my favorite players as well. Um, he, you know, like Bucks fans know, right. I mean, they, they probably still have nightmares of that, the play, the, uh, the stiff arm in that Monday night game. A Poor year Chris ago. Conte. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sent to the shadow realm on that one. It was not, yeah, it was, it was, it's an amazing play. And like, and, and, and this is something that Vance McDonald loves, right? He talks about this all the time about how he wants to be a physical tight end, wants to run through guys. And he, and he does um, him and Benson be on the same page throughout camp so far. Really the problem for tight end for the Steelers is not Vance McDonald. It's, it's beyond Vance McDonald, right? You know, they, they, they lost Jesse James in free agency. How do they replace that because they like to use two tight end sets. They're going to go with Xavier Grimble. Um, I think, you know, Grimble's been a guy who's been up and down throughout his career. And then at the third tight end spot, it's just an open competition to this point. All right. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, if you saw it or not, probably not. Cause I wouldn't imagine that you follow Chris Conti on Twitter, but I think it, it was like two or three weeks after, after that game and Monday night football had just started and Conti tweets out maybe once every other month. And he just tweeted out, he goes, man, I hope somebody gets stiff arm tonight. I'm like, you know what? Kudos <laughs> to you for being able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, uh... That poor he was, guy. Out for, he was out for the year after that, right? Yeah. He had actually been playing through injury. And, okay. and yeah, after, after that game, the, the injury flared up really bad and, and ended up being placed on season ending IR. Gotcha. Gotcha. So for as much hate as that guy got, he did make some solid plays and he was tough. He yeah. he wasn't going to leave the game if he didn't have to. So I, I always like Conti as a person, but you know, as a football player, he was very meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, out in Tampa, how, how are things going uh, at Buccaneers training camp? You, know, you, you guys got a new coaching staff now with Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians, of course, a, a former offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Um, are you guys more excited about the offensive side with, with that new Bruce Arians offense? Can he rejuvenate Jameis Winston this late in his career? Or on the defensive side, like we talked about, you guys added Devin White uh, on that defense. I think a, a rebuilt secondary in some ways. Uh, how are things going out in Tampa? You know, I think all the excitement right now is surrounding the defense. Um, a lot of people forget because of the the fluctuation at quarterback and you know, the, the poor finish again with a five and 11 record, this was still a top five offense in the NFL. It was the number one passing offense in the NFL. If you, if you want to believe that. So it was the defensive side that was such a struggle with Mike Smith, just basically ruining everything. And, (laughs) you know, you, you take a look at, at how many points per game, you know, the Buccaneers defense was giving up, which was, I, I believe, 31st in the NFL. And, and you look at the defenses that Jameis has had since he came into the league. If he just had an average defense, we're not asking for top 10. If they even had just the 18th ranked defense, you're talking about the difference between five wins last year and nine. You know, so it's it's the defense has been the biggest problem. And and Jameis is the kind of quarterback that 
he goes out there and he makes dumb mistakes because he's trying to win it by himself. He knows the defense won't sustain a lead. He knows that it's going to come down on his shoulders and he just tries to do too much. And that's something that Bruce Arians has now started preaching. He's like, we need to give him a reliable running game. We need to give him a defense that can actually stop somebody so that he doesn't feel like he has to be Superman all the time. And so far, this defense has looked incredible. and. Mm. A wow. lot of people are are hating on on Jameis's performance and the offense's performance, but you have to understand, of course, you know it's going to take a little bit longer for the offense to get everything down. Whereas the defense was built strictly for Todd Bowles. He, you know, he's out there handpicking corners and a safety in the draft and a, and a starting linebacker. You already have Levante David. You've gotten rid of Gerald McCoy and replaced him with Indomitian and Sue. These are guys that are used to playing in a three, four system. They're getting acclimated a little bit faster. So with as much draft capital as they've spent on the secondary in the last two years, Sean Murphy bunting has been incredible. Uh, Carlton Davis has really stepped up. Vernon Hargraves has had some solid practices. The the defense is night and day right now, and they are flying to the football. They have multiple interceptions in every practice. They're forcing fumbles. There's a lot of excitement around that. And, and the other thing to remember is Jameis Winston and this offense, day in and day out for the last four years, have been practicing against the worst or one of the worst defenses in the NFL. That's not going to help you get better. Now they're facing a defense that is bringing pressure and creating turnovers, and that's going to force the offense to be better. So there's a lot of excitement around that. <clears throat> of course, there's the excitement around Devin White and, and everything that he's done. But as I said in the beginning, I'm not feeling too great right now because there is the worry now with Levante David having a scope on his knee for a torn meniscus, especially mm. this late into the process. And Vita Vea went down during practice today, and it was a it was a left knee injury. We don't know the severity yet. Bruce Arians said at practice that it, it doesn't seem significant, but he hasn't seen Vea yet. So really got have to keep those fingers crossed that it is nothing serious because Vea has been an absolute wrecking ball every single time they're out on the field. It doesn't matter who he's going up against in one-on-ones. It doesn't matter the type of drill he is throwing NFL offensive linemen around the way I can toss my eight-year-old around. It is <laughs> amazing to watch. And that's why he was drafted where he was. So everyone's real excited to see Vita Vea and Indomitian and Sue line up next to each other. Well, if this is a serious knee injury, then you know, we're gonna we're gonna get pretty worried because now you're looking at Levante David being hurt, Vita Vea being hurt, Jason Pierre Paul still out with the neck injury from the car accident a few months ago. So yeah. you're starting to see that depth depleted if any of these things are serious. Is there worry at all? You know, I know I know Bruce Arians' offense is, is based around the passing game, and it, and of course it's going to be with with Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, and uh, and OJ Howard. But the running game in Tampa last year, um, not great. Who's who's going to be the running back this year? I mean, is it going to be Ronald Jones? Um, and how, how do they look so far? Well, it, it was funny leading up to OTAs and, and training camp and all that. Bruce Arians would go out of his way to bring up Peyton Barber. 
somebody could ask him about the defensive line and he would swing it around somehow to talk about Peyton Barber. That's how much he loves this kid. And they would sit there and they would watch film and, and he came out you know, unprovoked and said, Peyton Barber can be a thousand yard rusher in this league. He loved everything about Peyton Barber. But Ronald Jones has taken the bull by the horns in training camp so far. He really looks like a completely different human being, both physically and the way he's playing football. So it's it's one of the the hottest battles in Bucks camp right now is is that running back position because Ronald Jones is he's not going down without a fight and he had a horrendously disappointing rookie season but one of the things that he talked about the other day when he spoke to the media is he's starting to understand the language of the NFL and that was something that he had a problem with at USC was he he had a hard time understanding the verbiage and understanding the the assignments things like that but once it started to click that's when he started being so effective as a running back with the trojans so it's starting to click now he's starting to get it i'm sure andre ellington coming in already knowing bruce's system is helping him come along a little bit but ronald jones is really starting to look like he could be a legitimate weapon my money is still on peyton barber being the starter but i think if ronald jones keeps things up at this pace this timeshare is going to be a lot closer to 50-50 than maybe a 70-30 like I thought may, not even a month ago. Interesting. So what, what are the expectations in Tampa for this team overall? You know, I mean, I, you talked about it, right? This team, I believe, was 5-11 and 11 a year ago, but new coaching staff comes in trying to save Jameis Winston, who this is his fifth year, right? This is a fifth-year option for Jameis, so it's, it's yes. kind of put up or shut up time. Um, is this a, is this, I don't want to say it's a rebuilding year, right? Because it does feel like things are starting to come into place in some ways, but, um, is this a team that can compete for a playoff spot or is, it, is that maybe a year away? Uh, it, to me personally, I think they're going to be in the mix. I, I don't know if they're going to finish, you know, a game or two back of that final wild card spot, but I do believe we're going to see meaningful games in December. Now, Bruce Arians on the Rich Eisen show said playoffs. He expects playoffs. You can't win it all if you're not in the tournament. And he said, I'm too old to rebuild. I'm not here to rebuild. We're here yeah. to win right now. So they definitely have the talent to do it. It's a matter of it's such a huge swing to go from five and 11 to competing in. I will still argue to the death, the toughest division in the NFL. When you have the Saints, you have the Panthers, you have the Falcons. Not only that, you also have a 49 day stretch where you're not playing a home game. So it's it's going to be a tough road, but we're going to see exactly how tough this team is because you're going to have to be resilient to go out to Seattle, out to Los Angeles to face the Rams, out to London to face the Panthers, out to Tennessee. You know, it's it's going to to show exactly what kind of football team they have. Are they the kind that are going to roll over? Or are they the kind that are going to fight to the very bitter end every single one of those weeks and come home off of a off of a win streak or or taking you know four out of five on the road? So, um, I would say this team finishes in the eight and eight, nine and seven range. But you know we've seen predictions everywhere from three and thirteen to eleven and five. So. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to believe that that, that team could be 3-13. and 13. Uh, It does seem like, you know, with Bruce Arians in the mix, 
that team should be better than it was a year ago. But like you talked about, right, the schedule I think is, is the is the culprit here. It doesn't matter how good the team is; it's how you match up on Sundays. And and like you said, there's some there's some tough games in that stretch. Absolutely, absolutely. Now getting to Friday's game, Tony, who are some of the guys that that you're keeping an eye on that Steelers fans should be keeping an eye on and Bucks fans should be looking out for? Well, you know, being that this is the first preseason game, I don't expect to see many of the starters, if any, right? You know, I, we talked about Juju Smith-Schuster, and can he be the number one receiver in Pittsburgh? Um, we, we won't know. We won't know on Friday. Right? That, that'll come later on. But um, the guy I'm really going to be keeping, well, the, the position battle that I'm really going to be keeping my eye on on Friday is the quarterback battle, the backup quarterback battle. Um, you remember a year ago, the Steelers took Mason Rudolph in the third round. Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin were thrilled to get him in there. They actually traded up in the draft to get him because um, I believe Colbert, he didn't say this outright, but he basically insinuated the Steelers had a first round grade on Mason Rudolph. And when he was there in the third round, they absolutely could not pass on him. And so the thought was last year, Mason Rudolph is being groomed to replace Ben Roethlisberger. That has kind of changed now that Ben Roethlisberger signed an extension, going to keep him here for another three, uh, for, yeah, for another three years. Um, so this is kind of a backup quarterback battle now, but it's still a very interesting battle between he and Josh Dobbs. Um, so that, that'll be one to watch. So far throughout camp, I think Mason Rudolph has a slight edge over Dobbs. He started really fast th- this camp. He looked very good, and Dobbs did not. But that's kind of shifted in the past couple of days where where I think Dobbs um, has looked better. And so this is kind of going back and forth. And then the other guy to keep a, an eye out for uh, at that quarterback spot is fourth string quarterback Devlin Hodges. And I know Steeler fans laugh at me when I because I'm I've been obsessed with this guy throughout camp so far, but he is not just your your average fourth string quarterback. He's not just a camp arm. This guy has been accurate. He's had, he's made good decisions throughout camp. Um and, and that's why the Steelers have been giving him more and more reps as these practices go on. I'm gonna be interested to see how much uh, they how many reps they give him on Friday night and and whether or not he makes this quarterback battle into a, you know, would you would you actually trade a Josh Dobbs by the end of this because you want to keep a Devlin Hodges as your third string quarterback? Something to keep an eye on. Um, the, the the wide receivers. I was really hoping to get a look at Deontay Johnson, the third round pick, but he's he's nursing an injury right now. I don't expect him to play. Um, going over to the, the defensive side of the ball, edge rusher Ola Adini has been spectacular. Started camp really well. Got got some first string reps. Um, didn't do as well against the first string. The Steelers have a great offensive line, and I think that's to be expected that he would struggle there a bit. But I'm excited to see him get some reps. He flashed during preseason a year ago. The Steelers need some depth at the edge rush position. Um, so he's going to be a guy to watch. And then, you know, I, I go to the corners, and this is another place where I would I would be excited to watch Justin Lane, the, the cornerback the Steelers got in the third round this year. But he's hurt. He probably won't play. Artie Burns needs a bounce-back preseason to to make this team. Uh, he's had an up and down camp. He's hurt, likely won't play. Uh, but in the, in this, I guess in the secondary, I would say Cameron Kelly, uh, the safety that the Steelers signed from the AAF, uh, who's played in place of Sean Davis. He will likely get quite a few reps on Friday, um, and, I, and I'm excited to see him because he's looked good throughout camp. He went from a guy who, you know, could he make the 53 to now he's a guy who I think is a solid backup to Sean Davis and um, has filled in while Davis has been out with this finger injury. So. Uh, that those are those are the players I'm looking for on the Steelers side. On, on the Bucks side, James, who who are some guys we should watch for? Uh, definitely want to keep an eye on on the backup quarterback battle, which I I know sounds funny since the Bucks have signed Blaine Gabbert, which I mean it's Blaine Gabbert, but this is a guy that that has played for Bruce Arians and should have a leg up. But Ryan Griffin has been with the Bucks for a long time. He's personally he's my idol. 
This is a guy that has been in the NFL for what seems like a hundred years making backup quarterback money and has never set foot on a regular season field. The dude never has to play. He just collects seven figure checks. Like dude, you're my (laughs) idol. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how that, how that plays out because you know, there, I don't see Bruce Arians carrying three quarterbacks. I really don't. Um, He very well could, but you know, it's going to be who's going to be the guy that dresses on game day. Is it going to be Gabbard? Is it going to be Ryan Griffin? Um, when you take a look at at the wide receiver, there's going to be a battle for that number three, number four wide receiver spots. So you're looking at Justin Watson. You're looking at rookie Scotty Miller. You know, Rashad Perryman will be out there. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting battle. They have an undrafted kid who has been turning a lot of heads out of Buffalo named Anthony Johnson. He's really media favorite very quickly this is a guy that they had a fourth round grade on and he went undrafted so this is a guy that they believed was going to be drafted and they were able to get their hands on him on the defensive side i'm paying attention to the secondary i'm looking at sean murphy bunting and jamel dean the rookie corners of course but i'm also looking at the safeties i'm i'm looking at you know if Dion Buchanan is going to get much playing time and where he's going to be playing. That's that safety linebacker hybrid. I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm interested to see Jack Sitchi and, and if he can bounce back from the knee injury, he's been playing really, really well in camp. So it, it's, there's quite a few names and how much playing time they're going to get. I'm not really sure, but you know, you have to kind of start to look at some of these guys that are coming back from injuries, some of these guys that are battling for these number three and number four spots, because this is when they're going to be able to make their make their money. This is when they're going to be able to really stand out and fight for those final roster spots. So, yeah, like you said, I don't really see, you know, the the starters playing more than one, maybe two drives at the most. But you know, guys that are, like I said, bouncing back from injury, some of these undrafted guys that are are fighting tooth and nail for roster spots. That's really what I'm looking forward to. All right. So, Tony, I know it's preseason, but let's give some score predictions. How do you see this game playing out? Oof, a score prediction. That's a good question. You know, I think the Steelers quarterbacks are <laughs> well at this point. Um, so I'm going to say the Steelers aren't going to score many points in this game. I'm going to say the Steelers maybe get to 14 and, and the Bucks. Uh, the Steelers defense has been playing well. I'm going to say 17-14 bucks in this game, a low-scoring game. Um, I mean, I'm, re- I'm again, I'm really watching that quarterback battle, though. This is it's, it's a tough time for the Steelers right now because both quarterbacks aren't playing well, um, and it, I, I'm interested to see how they do on Friday night. How about you? Yeah, it, it was similar, but I'm giving each team another touchdown and another field goal. I say 27-24 bucks. Um, now, the question for for Bucks fans is. Will those field goals come off the leg of veteran Cairo Santos or rookie draft pick Matt Gay, who has been killing it? He made one from, I don't want to get this wrong. He made one from 67 yards the other day. What? And it would have been good from 75. I mean, it cleared easily. This guy has got a cannon of a leg. Which is nice because the Bucks haven't had a decent kicker in I don't know when was the last time Grammatica played? Anybody remember? 
Yeah, just... it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'll tell you what. I, I, the Steelers will trade the Bucks straight up. Josh Dobbs for whatever this kicker. Matt, would you say his name is Matt Gay? Because the Steelers have a kicker battle of their own out here in Pittsburgh, and and it's been Chris Boswell versus Matthew Wright, the kicker from UCF. The problem with Matt for Matthew Wright is he does not have a leg. Uh, they had they had a kicker battle in Heinz Field the other day. Both of them took 54 yard kicks. Boswell made it easily. Matthew Wright missed short, missed short, and I think that I think the kicker battle ended right there in Pittsburgh. So. Uh, it's it's Boswell's job to lose, but boy, what 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 Steeler fans wouldn't give to go back to the days when when Chris Boswell was banging them through with ease. Yeah, I I don't know if I'd be willing to to trade Matt Gay. I I would consider trading Santos Claus, but uh, I think <laughs> I think Matt Gay's the real deal. Yeah. Um, so all right, well Tony, thank you so much for joining me. It's <clears throat> it's great to get back to crossover Wednesdays, even if we are talking preseason. But that means football's here. It's back. I can't wait, man. <laughs> All right. Please make sure you're checking out everything Tony is doing at the Locked on Steelers podcast and follow along on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at Locked on Bucks at JayArco underscore Bucks. Hope you all have an incredible Wednesday. And thank you so much for joining us right here on Crossover Wednesdays.